Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if I have not had the privilege to meet you, my name is Jim Vermilia. I'm a professor here, and I work in our uh, global engagement office here on campus. So I have the privilege of talking with students that are interested in going abroad to study or to serve. Um, I was a student here at this university back in the day, 20 years ago. Was that last century? Wow. Um, well, a long, long time ago, uh, I was a student here, and one of my favorite weeks was Mission Week on campus. I loved when we had the opportunity to talk about and to hear about what God is doing around the world and how we can join God in that. Hasn't this been a great week for that? Uh, those, of you who are, uh, those of you who are visiting, I know we have some visitors uh, here from admissions. Uh, this is one of the weeks that we set aside to just really look at what God's doing around the world. And then we have opportunities to respond to that. You've already heard about a couple of opportunities just today. Uh, you're going to continue to hear about more. Uh, as well. Opportunities to pray, opportunities to give, and then of course opportunities to go. As you came in, there was a little uh, flyer. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. I'd encourage you to grab one on your way out. Uh, as I've been in chapel this week and, and seeing and hearing how God is moving and, and watching how you're responding, uh, Wednesday was beautiful just to see so many of you standing and coming forward and saying, yes, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. Um, I remember a chapel like that back in the day uh, when I said that same thing. But I also remember the not knowing what to do with it. You know, I kind of thought, well, I got to wait till I graduate. I got to wait till I have it all together. I got to wait until I have my degree, and then I can go make a difference in the world. And then I had some people who came alongside me and said, you know what? You don't. You don't have to wait. Um, you can get involved right now. You can respond to God right now. It's important for you to get that education and be equipped to go do what God has called you to do, but you don't have to wait. In fact, a part of your education here, a part of your time at Indiana Wesleyan might be to go out into our community, to go out in somewhere around this country, or maybe even to leave the shores of our country and go to another part of the world and join God in what God is doing there, to serve God um, among his people and to uh, learn. Uh, maybe you want to go and take a course in another part of the world. Maybe you want to spend a whole semester somewhere else. Something beautiful happens when we interact with people from other cultures and when we serve God in other parts of the world. And so I'd encourage you to respond uh, this week, however God is prompting you. Don't wait. Uh, don't wait until you have it all together. Um, maybe God wants you to respond right now. Well, I have the privilege of introducing our chapel speaker this morning. Uh, Laura Guthrie uh, is a senior TESOL ed major uh, here at Indiana Wesleyan University. Uh, she is uh, somebody who is passionate about teaching. She's passionate about teaching. Um, uh, theology. Uh, she's passionate about cross-cultural ministry. Uh, she loves Jesus and she loves people, and uh, she's going to come and share with you about how God has been stirring in her heart and how she, in fact, is responding uh, to God's call on her life. She's the president of World Christian Fellowship, so she's had a very busy week. Uh, so let's, uh, can you help me welcome Laura to the stage this morning? Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to see all of you on this wonderful fall Friday morning. Let me open in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful week that we've had of Missions Fest. Thank you for all of the ways that you've been moving in the different lives of different students, faculty, administrators, and anyone else here on this campus. We've truly seen your hand and we are so grateful. I pray that I would be your hands and feet this morning, that you would use me to speak your truth to this community. 
I thank you so much for this opportunity, and I pray that in everything we do, we would give you glory. In your name, amen. Well, today I'm going to speak to you out of my conviction for my own life, and I'm also going to challenge you that this is a conviction that all Christians, all Christ followers, are called to hold. For some, this will be an encouragement, but for others, this may be difficult. But I'm going to ask you to do something that a close friend of mine consistently challenges me to do. Listen with the intent to understand, not to reply. Let me say that again. Listen with the intent to understand, not yet to reply. This morning, I want to let you know that I have not always been a follower of Christ. In fact, I was living very much apart from Christ until high school, where one summer the Lord reached out to me with such an outpouring of grace that all I wanted to do was to respond. I couldn't help myself. God took hold of me in such an incredible way. And ever since then, I have wanted to devote my life to following him. I considered myself to be a new creation in that moment where I accepted Christ as my savior. I considered myself to be a completely different person immediately. However, for the first year or so after that experience, I was still living according to the patterns of this world. I professed to be a Christian, but I was still hanging out with the same people, going to the same places, and really doing the same things. My life pretty much looked the exact same as it had before. Well, have you ever met someone who professes to be a Christian, but doesn't really act any different from the rest of the world? Maybe it's their conduct when they're not around other Christians to keep them accountable. Or maybe it's their refusal to fight against obvious sin in their life. Or maybe it's something else. But you can see that they are definitely not living according to the way Christ has called them. They are definitely living against God's will. Well, your life isn't honoring God if it doesn't look any different. After I realized that my life was still full of things that I was doing that were not honoring to God, I knew that I needed to make some drastic changes. I mean, I had to change my habits, my attitudes, even my appearance. And with every change, I grew more and more confident that God was working in me to make my life honoring to him, that he was moving in a supernatural way to bring me closer to his will for my life. However, as I grew in my learning and understanding of what it means to live your life as a follower of Christ, I found that I knew what I should not do because I'd been doing a lot of it. I knew what I should not do, but I didn't really know what I should do. 
I knew what I should not do, but I didn't know what I should do. It's a lot harder to recognize, but there are some Christians, maybe even some of you, who are not doing anything for God. I want to introduce to you the passage of Scripture that is the foundation for this message this morning. Please open your Bibles or smartphones or tablets to the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. That's James 2, 14 through 17. I'm going to read it for you. It says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works. Can that faith then save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warned and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Wow, what a convicting passage. The people in this passage are Christians. James isn't writing to a group of people who haven't heard the gospel. These people have committed their lives to following Christ. They're not still caught in obvious sin. He's not reprimanding them for something that they're doing against God. But their conduct is still not yet truly honoring to God. Just as I realized that eliminating the things I should not do from my life was not yet enough, so says James as he describes what it means to honor God in this passage. Your life isn't honoring God if it doesn't look any different. Yes, but what should it look like? In writing this, James wasn't just making something up. I believe that he was actually referring back to some of the words that Jesus gave to the 12 disciples at the Last Supper, the future leaders of the early church. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus is addressing his 12 disciples very hours before he's crucified. And he says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. I believe that here Jesus, Jesus is telling his disciples how to continue to follow him after he is gone. Jesus equates believing in him, or faith, with doing his works. He doesn't separate them. And he finds this so important that he tells this to his disciples at the Last Supper, again, hours before he's taken away and crucified. 
when James writes his epistle, he isn't making this up. Essentially, this is saying your faith is dead if you're not doing something. Look back at that passage in James. Faith without works is dead, it says. Well, that word works in the Greek is ergon. Ergon. And it doesn't mean a specific work. It doesn't mean a one-time thing. It doesn't mean a specific habitual every day is the same type of thing. It just means something. A work of something. It's not specific. This is general. This just means you need to be doing something. Because without that, your faith is dead. Dead. Not just in need of improvement, and certainly not to be left alone. Because your faith is a gift of grace, so therefore are works. Following God's word is not a chore. It's a gift of grace. As we've seen throughout this week of Missions Fest, we are all called to this work of spreading God's word and his love to the world. Imagine where Christianity would be if there were no people doing the work. I can tell you right now I would not be here speaking to you. I probably would not have attended Indiana Wesleyan. I certainly wouldn't be in the position that I am now. In fact, I actually doubt this university would exist at all. John Wesley probably would not have come to America if he hadn't believed that God was calling to him to mission and ministry. Can you imagine? Where would you be? Both the history and the future of Christianity are fueled by Christians who took this call to heart. Christians who believed that because they had faith, they needed to be doing work. Your faith is dead if you're not doing something. Once I realized this and began to seek God's will as to what I should be doing for him, I immediately began to feel a call to India. Specifically, I felt called to a short-term teaching opportunity in a school for children who live in the slums. At this time, I had no inkling of a desire to teach or to travel to the third world especially. However, the will of God was so strongly evident that I couldn't help but do the work to which he was calling me. God worked in me through that amazing experience to help me realize that reaching out to those who do not know him is the work that I should be doing. This work strengthens my faith and demonstrates my love for Christ. In the work of missions, whether in India or really anywhere else, I give glory and honor to him. As I have tried to continue to live out this call to work on my life, I have been very encouraged by a passage in Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. 
for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Because of this, I recognize that the work I am doing is a gift of grace, just as is my faith. We were called because we are created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works. This isn't an add-on to our life. This isn't something that is optional. This isn't something that we're kind of putting in as an extra effort. This is why we were created. In Christ Jesus, to do good works. Be assured, I am not giving you this message because I have it all figured out. This is my conviction, but I know I fall short of the perfect will of God daily. I'm not advocating a false appearance of perfection to the rest of the world. I'm not saying that I do this because I want to feel good. Doing the work of God is not about trying to prove yourself to others or to make yourself feel like you're doing a good job. The purpose of doing good works is to exercise your faith and to demonstrate your love for Christ. We as Christians are too often tempted to be kind of prideful about the good works that we do. We want to be recognized by other Christians. We want them to notice that we are doing a good job, that we're honoring God's will, that we are working, doing something. But this doesn't honor the perfect will of God. In the end, human recognition really means nothing. Nothing in light of God's judgment. I'd like to read another passage of scripture that emphasizes this point. This isn't a passage that we often hear in churches, but it's important to recognize how necessary this knowledge is to our faith. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 13 says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. That was Revelation 20, verses 12 through 13. Now, I don't believe that the writer of Revelation is saying that we earn our salvation through our works. Let me be very clear. I do believe that works, and particularly the work of missions, are integral to the faith. We can't have one without the other. We aren't promised that doing works through our faith will always be easy, or that we will receive really any recognition for them in this life. You may go through your entire life tirelessly sacrificing your time, your money, your energy 
for God and for his work. And maybe nobody will notice. But we shouldn't be discouraged by that. Because that's not what it's about. It's about exercising your faith. And we are promised that God will recognize that in the work of final judgment. Doing the work of God is not about trying to prove yourself to others or to make yourself feel good. The purpose of works is to exercise your faith because faith without works is dead. You can't have one without the other. So my final challenge to you is this. Take a look at your life. Is your faith being strengthened through work? For some of you, this should be reassuring. You should be saying, yes, I'm living the call on my life. But maybe for others of you, you need to look very carefully. Look at what you could be doing for the kingdom. I don't know if you're being called abroad to global missions or to stay here in the United States. Maybe just stay in Marion. That's okay. Because I can assure you that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are called to do good works for the kingdom of God. Without works, faith is dead. And I believe that all Christians are called to this mission. So ask yourself, what are you doing for the kingdom? I'm going to point you to an opportunity this evening. Um, That is Surge. This is an opportunity to further explore your devotion to Christ and your response to that. Guys, that's an awesome opportunity to say yes. Um, I know there's tons of things going on tonight, um, whether that be hanging out with friends or doing homework, but um, the Lord's doing something crazy on this campus, um, and all you have to do is say yes and step into that. Um, So I'd encourage you to come and check out Surge. Um, And as we finish out our week, um, we just praise the Lord for what he's doing in your guys' hearts. Um, He's stirring, and I just continue to ask you to seek. Um, Don't leave this room um, just with an excuse to say, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'll deal with it next week. But answer the Lord's call. If he's calling you to Marion or if he's calling you across the world, just step into that in faith and say yes. So I'm going to end the week with this verse, and then we'll pray. Um, The Lord said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Dear Lord, we just praise you for what you're doing, God. You're just at work. You're at work in our hearts. You're at work at this campus, God. You're in work in the nations, Lord. I just ask you to continue to stir in our hearts, um, continue to, um, to push us to just step in faith, um, to make us brave, to make us um, bold in your name, to preach the gospel, Lord, and just to love the people around us, God. Um, I just thank you for what you did this week, um, and I ask you to continue to work. In your name we pray, amen. You're sent out.